Wow, it is so incredible that we get to live in this place called the Adirondacks. People come from all over our country, all over the world, to see those beautiful scenes. But you know, as we think about, as we've been learning together about heaven over the last few weeks, really the greatest things, even that we get to see on a somewhat regular basis, pale in comparison with what we've been learning about heaven. Amen? God has prepared this place for us to go that He wants us to go to and to spend forever together with one another and with Him in all of eternity. I have to tell you, this series, I don't know about you, but this series is changing my life. This series is having a huge impact on my life. And, and, and the, the phrases that just keep kind of coming back to my mind, there's two, there's two thoughts that just kind of keep coming back. One is heaven. I, I want to go there. Amen. I want to go there. The more I learn about this, I want to go to that place. But the other thing that keeps coming back to my mind is, and I want to take as many people as I possibly can with me. Amen. Wouldn't you want everybody to go there? What an incredible opportunity that God has given us. And over the last few weeks, that's what we've been talking about. We've been talking about heaven. By the way, let me just say, first of all, thank you for your prayers. A couple of weeks ago, I was normal people sick. There's been a lot of that going on, right? A lot of us, my goodness, I don't think I've ever seen like this year's crazy. I think it's all over the country. Talking to my daughter today and she was, she's been under the weather. So it's just been crazy. And so that kind of got me a couple of weeks ago and then, Last week, many of you know, I've had some voice issues over the last uh, couple of years, so I had a treatment that uh, impacted my ability to speak. By the way, I'm just going to go ahead and get this out on the table. If I sound like a teenager about halfway through the message, I'm still, I, I have no idea what I'm going to get. I've choked on air twice this week, okay? So I have no idea exactly what I'm going to get, so we can just get that on the table, Amen. If Pastor Robbie sounds like, I think he just swallowed a frog and, and, he, and he's about to die, I'll recover. All right, I'll get, I'll get back on track. Just pray for me. Also, I want to say thank you to Pastor Jeff. And oh, we're so fortunate, amen, to have so many wonderful pastors and servants and ministry leaders in our church family. I was just thinking last week, Pastor Chris, man, he shared that message about adoption a little while back. I just sat there in my seat. I was just like, Wow, I was supposed to get up and close the service, and I, I could hardly stay, I could hardly speak. Wow. Man, God spoke to my heart through that. How about you? And then last week, I mean, Pastor Jeff is just pouring his heart out about what heaven is going to be like, and, and, and my body, I'm going to get another one. Amen, a better one. A new and improved version of Robbie. You ain't seen the best of me yet. Amen. And I just sat there at the end of the service, and I was just like, man, I can't move. Do you ever do that? Do you ever, by the way, I encourage you to do that. Come down and pray with somebody or, or just sit in your seat and just let God continue to minister to your heart. But thank the, thank the Lord for our other pastors and thank the Lord for the gifts that God's given them. And we're going to hear more. We're going to give them more opportunities to share God's Word. That's good for me. It's good for you. It's good for us. It's good for them. Amen? So praise the Lord for that. But as Pastor Jeff shared over the last couple of weeks... He talked about, we talked about what heaven looks like. We got a little bit of a glimpse. Pull back the curtain and dream a little bit about what heaven looks like. And then last week we talked about what we are going to look like. What we're going to be like. And it made me think of a verse in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 7. And by the way, many of us are familiar with verses 8 and 9. They talk about how we're saved by grace through faith. 
Praise God that we, we can know that we're children of God. But it says right before that, so that in the ages to come, what is that another word for? Amen. Amen. Richard's paying attention. So that in the ages to come, what? That's heaven, right? So that in heaven, he might show the surpassing riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Man, as I was thinking about that, God shows off his great love. God's showing off his great love by, first of all, saving us and then giving us this incredible, undeserved place to live forever called heaven. Amen. And as we continue that emphasis on heaven today, we're going to think about a question that many, many people have. In fact, I would say as a pastor, this might be the most common question that people ask about heaven, and it could be one of the most misunderstood aspects of heaven. In fact, since this series started, I've had at least three, maybe four people, even somebody right before the service was talking about not being sure about this aspect of heaven. So let's talk about it. What will our relationships be like in heaven? Isn't that a good question? Will we see each other? Will we know each other? Will we recognize each other? How will we relate to one another? And I want to start this message kind of broader first and then get a little bit more specific. So first of all, let's talk about this. Our relationships in heaven will be perfect. Write that down in your notes. Our relationships will be perfect in heaven. And the first thing I want to think about is this. First of all, we will be different and complete. We talked about that last week, didn't we? We talked about the fact that we ourselves are going to be better than what we are now. We're going to be complete. God's going to get us to where He wants us to be when we get to heaven. I was reading in my personal time with the Lord. Uh, many of us call that our quiet time, our devotions. Uh, and many of us are reading through a devotional that is reading through the book of Matthew. And as I was reading through Matthew a couple of weeks ago, I read this statement about a man that some of you have heard about. His name is John the Baptist. He was the cousin of Jesus. And in Matthew 11, verse 11, Jesus said this about John the Baptist. He said, Truly I say to you, among those born of women, there is not arisen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Yet the one who is the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Wow. Apparently, Jesus is saying, you get the impression that John the Baptist was possibly, besides Jesus, Jesus was the only perfect human being who ever walked upon this earth. God became a man. But besides Jesus, possibly the greatest man to ever live is John the Baptist. But then Jesus gives us this statement really about heaven. He says that in the ages to come, what's another phrase for what? For heaven, right? That in the ages to come in heaven, the least in the kingdom of God, the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than our very best on planet earth in this age that we live in right now. One of our messages later in the series, we're going to look at 1 Corinthians Chapter 13, verse 12, but I just want to read that for you in relation to what we're talking about this weekend. It says, For now, living in this life, 
we see in a mirror dimly. But then, face to face. Now I know in part, but then I will know what? You say it. I will know what? Fully, just as I also have been fully known by God. According to that verse, we do not know, we do not see everything correctly or fully right now, but in heaven, we will. We will be different than we are right now. Say praise the Lord. Amen. We will be different than we are right now, and we will be complete. As we talked about last week, we will not have, we will no longer have the capacity to sin against God or against each other ever again. Praise the Lord. Amen. And then, write this down, we will be in a perfect environment. Do you remember what we read over the last couple of weeks out of the book of Revelation? In Revelation 21 and 22, and by the way, some of you that are new to the Bible, I hope that as, as, and this is the value of going through a series of messages, because you get things compounded, right? You get excited, you're, you're getting on the same page with God, you're learning things and you're just kind of reinforcing those things. I hope some of you that didn't know anything about the Bible are, are learning that, guess what? If I want to know about heaven, I need to know Revelation chapter 21, 22, Amen. So just go ahead and mark that in your mind. I'm learning my, my Bible. I'm learning the Word of God. Revelation 21 and 22. And throughout those verses, several times in some form, this is mentioned, but I just want to read it out of Revelation 21 verse 27. It says, now listen, in heaven, nothing unclean and no one who practices abomination and lying shall ever come into it but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Praise God. Praise God. If you're a thinker like me, I think about, well, Adam and Eve, you know, they were living in a pretty good environment, right? In Eden. And yet all this mess happened. Who's to say, right? Who's to say that it won't ever happen again? You know who's to say? God's to say, amen? God said in His Word, praise the Lord, this garbage is not going to happen again. We will be complete. We will not have the capacity to do those wrong things anymore. And we will not have the opportunity. We will not live in an environment where those things can ever happen again. We will live in a perfect environment. So a lot of what we've learned the last few weeks, that, that the new reality of what our own lives are going to be and the environment we're going to be in, those really help us to learn, don't they? About how we're going to relate to each other. Can you imagine? Many of us right now, it is hard for you to focus your attention on the message because right now there's a relationship that you're struggling with. Isn't that true? Right now you're worried about a conversation that you've got to have over the next little bit, maybe with somebody in your family. Right now you're worried about when I go to work next week, I've got to talk to my boss about this or something's not right between the person I'm sitting next to right now, my spouse or my children or or somebody else. But the good news is when we get to heaven, there will be no more of that ever again. No miscommunication between you and your spouse because of there's a reality of gender differences, right? I mean, studies have been shown. We've talked about that before here. That, that men and women, let's be careful about the amens, just absorb that, okay? Just, especially you guys. Just absorb that statement, all right? You can feel it, but don't express it. Men and women are different. 
Okay? That will never, that, that, that miscommunication will never happen again. No misunderstanding between parents and kids because of generational differences. The reality is, I happen to be a cool parent, so I don't struggle with that as much. But still, <laughs> but still, I do work hard at understanding my young people. Amen? But still, it's a struggle, right? I better not get off track. Okay. I, I have this thought, these thoughts and I have to decide what I can share and what I can't. There will be no more complications of work situations because of personality differences. Don't we struggle? Well, people at work, because I think we should do it this way and you think or, or, or somebody's trying to promote themselves in some kind of a way, there will be no more selfishness. There will be no more reading into things. There'll be no more gossip. There'll be no lust, no jealousy. Isn't it true that even in the best of relationships on this earth, we struggle with those things. But in heaven, all of that is going away. And we will have perfect relationships with each other. Our relationships will be perfect in heaven. Amen. Amen. But then secondly... Really, a big question that many have, and I just want to hit it head on. The Bible makes it clear. I believe that we will know each other in heaven. I said earlier that this whole idea of how we relate to each other is what a lot of people ask about. But if that's true, the most specific aspect of that, that that most people want to know. In fact, like I said, several people already in this series have literally asked me the question. Literally this question. Pastor Robbie, do you think we will know each other up there? That is legitimately a question that many of us wonder about and maybe even struggle with. And I want to share with you that the clear and certain answer to that question is absolutely yes. We will absolutely recognize and know each other in heaven. And there's two things that I really want to share. Two really good reasons for us to say that. First of all is this. Write down the Mount of Transfiguration. I said, Pastor, what what is that? Well, there's an event recorded in three out of the four Gospels where Jesus... Now, you got to understand that Jesus, when He was on this earth, He chose as God to limit Himself. Okay? Theologians say He voluntarily laid aside the independent use of His attributes as God. He voluntarily did that so that He could accomplish His purpose of dying for our sins. But every once in a while, we see in the New Testament, He kind of pulls back the curtain and says, but oh, by the way, I'm not just a man. I am God in the flesh. And at the Mount of Transfiguration, that is one of those probably the tops that we see where he just kind of peels back the curtain and says, hey, let's not be mistaken. I am God himself. In Matthew 17, verses 1 through 6, that's recorded. Let's look at those verses. It says, six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, his brother, and he led them up on a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them And his face shone like the sun, and his garments became as white as light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with him. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, 
It is good for us to be here. By the way, you see Peter many times. He's just like, you know, he's not a, he's a, he's a don't just stand there, do something kind of person. Okay. So when he didn't know what to do, he just made something up. Okay. So he says, Lord, you know, this is really great. Everybody else was scared to say anything. And Peter's like, you know, I got to say something. He says, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will make three tabernacles here. One for you, one for Moses, one for, isn't this great? Let's all camp out and stay here. This is awesome. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And behold, a voice out of the cloud said, This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Wow, can you imagine that experience? When the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground and were terrified. Now, what I want us to notice for our purposes today is that Moses lived about 1,500 years before this. And Elijah lived about eight or 900 years prior to this. So we can say the disciples had never met them before. But the Bible shows us that even though they had not ever met Moses and Elijah, they immediately recognized them. And by the way, if you're wondering, they didn't have on name tags, all right? <laughs> you know, he didn't have on a Moses shirt, part in the water, you know. He didn't have on Elijah's shirt, calling down fire from heaven. In fact, these verses tell us something even more than will we recognize our loved ones in heaven. This is kind of cool. These verses tell us that we will actually know and recognize people that we had never met before. Isn't that incredible? We also know about the character and nature of God. Write that down. How do we know that we're going to know each other in heaven? Friends, listen. From what we know about God and His Word, God loves us. God blesses us. God adds to our lives, to our experiences. He doesn't take away. God expands us. God enhances us. God gives us life. And John 10 says, He gives it overflowing. I mean, the word that she's there just like spewing over. God's not stingy. God's not holding back. God is giving us more, not less. From what we know about God, it makes no sense at all that we would not know our loved ones in heaven. In fact, I think it's kind of interesting that several times in the Old Testament, when someone dies, it says that that person was gathered to their fathers. Isn't that kind of interesting? Isn't that an interesting phrase to use? This person died and they were gathered to their fathers, to their people. I honestly believe, listen to me, because I like to mark the lies of the enemy so that we can understand what are lies and we can combat them with clear truth. I believe that one of the reasons that many of us as believers struggle with this idea is because the enemy's trying to steal our joy about heaven. When you realize that we're going to know each other in heaven, I want to go there. Amen. There's some people that I used to experience here on this earth that I miss. And I want to see again. Amen. Amen. And I'm glad to know that I will know them again forever. There's some people I've never met before that I want to meet one day. Praise God. It gets you excited, doesn't it? And I believe that's when the enemy wants us kind of wondering. Because the more that we find out about heaven, the more excited we get. And the more we want to help other people 
get there. Amen? Now, I do want to mention one other thing before we move on to the next idea. As we think about heaven, as we think about who's going to be there, will we recognize Him? Many times, I know some of you might laugh, but legitimately many times people wonder, will our pets be in heaven? Well, there's several things I want to share about that. First of all, God is a very creative God. And there are going to be lots of different kinds of creatures in heaven. We are limited in what we experience on this earth. There are still things that we haven't discovered yet, right? That they talk about in the ocean or in the jungle somewhere. But even that is limited because we live in a fallen world that has been affected by the curse. Our God can create lots more than we've ever seen. In fact, we've talked about it. There's a whole universe out there that I'm going to see one day. Amen? There's lots of stuff out there that, that God... And so we know that there's going to be other creatures, lots of animals and other types of creatures in heaven. But what about... Henry. Now, I'm not just making that up. I had a Henry. When I was a little boy, one of our favorite dogs was named Henry. Am I going to see Henry in heaven? You might ask that about your animal. Well, pets are animals. Now, listen to me. Pets are animals, and animals do not have souls So we would not normally say that all specific animals go to heaven. So so I've got Henry and you've got, you know, whatever, Fluffy or Toto or whatever you got, okay, Stripedy or whatever, you know, whatever yours is, I can't tell you that automatically Stripedy's going to heaven, okay? But I heard Billy Graham say this one time when he was asked this question. Will my pet be in heaven? Well, if it'll make it heaven for you, God knows that, and Henry will be in heaven. That is a great answer. See, Henry, I know, didn't die and go straight to heaven. I know just intrinsically, animals, specific animals, don't do that. But could God bring my dog to heaven? Sure he could. Isn't that great? So if it'll make it heaven for you. Is that fair enough? Friend, here's the point. Whatever it is, it's going to be good. It's going to be Henry or Henry, best I ever saw, better than I ever had. So we've talked about our relationships are going to be perfect. we talked about we're going to know each other. No doubt about that. But now I want to camp out a little while on that knowing each other. I want to get a little bit deeper, a little bit more specific. What will our relationships be like in heaven? Let's talk about this. Write this down. We will enjoy... Every relationship there more than ever before. Now, as I said earlier, we wonder many times, is our experience of heaven going to be less than? Right? That's our concern. Our concern is, I kind of like some things here. Are we going to have those good things there? But what we're clearly seeing is when we go to heaven, it's not less, it's better. As we think about what that might look like, I want to break this down into three categories. First, our spouse. Secondly, our children. And thirdly, other people. So let's talk about marriage. Now, at this point, I do need to kind of throw a wrench in things. First, 
but I think, I hope we'll recover later. So hang with me, all right? Matthew 22, verses uh, 22 through 30. Jesus talked about this, 23 through 30. On that day, some Sadducees, who say there is no resurrection, some of you have heard this before, that's why they were sad, you see, because they didn't believe in a resurrection. All right. That, that, legitimately, that's a good way to remember it. They were religious leaders who, amazingly, didn't believe in the resurrection, which is odd. But they came to Jesus and questioned Him, asking, Teacher, Moses said, now hang with this, it's going to be a little bit complicated. If a man dies having no children, his brother as next of kin shall marry his wife and raise up children for his brother to keep his family name going. Now, they say, there were seven brothers with us, and the first married and died. Having no children, he left his wife to his brother. So also the second, and the third, down to the seventh. And I love verse 27. Last of all, the woman died. And you would say, boy, no, there's no, there's no doubt about that. She's had enough, right? It's no wonder. If you read the Bible, it's funny. There's some real, last of all, the woman died. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. In the resurrection, therefore, whose wife of the seven will she be? But Jesus answered and said to them, you are mistaken, not understanding the scriptures nor the power of God expressed in the resurrection. For the resurrection, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels in heaven. And by the way, let me just hit that for just a second. In that regard, they're like the angels. I think this is probably where some people get the idea that our loved ones become angels. That's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches we have something better than angels. We have a personal salvation relationship with God through Christ. So we don't become angels. But it's just saying, in the sense that angels aren't married, then human beings, when we go to heaven, we will no longer be married. Those verses clearly say... That in the resurrection, when we go to heaven, there is no marriage. Now for some of us, our immediate response is, I'm not sure how I feel about that. Right? Just honestly. And for others, it might bring a silent hallelujah, but I wouldn't encourage (laughs) them. So I will be free one day. Be careful about that. But this is something that that does kind of bother a lot of people. So let's write down three thoughts. First of all, we will all be married to God. See, marriage all along was supposed to be a picture of our relationship with God. If you're single, if you've never married, if you're single again, you realize that. You're not less than. You just got a jump start on being married to Jesus. Amen? Amen? If you're married, you should realize, and many of us haven't been taught, but we need to realize that I love Shannon. I love her more than anybody on this earth. But she is second, and I am second. The Lord is number one for me and for her. And in many ways, in heaven, marriage will no longer be needed anymore. Somebody said, somebody said here on earth, generally... Here's the lady say amen. Man needs a helper. Okay. Amen. Go ahead, ladies. And woman needs a protector. And God has designed them both 
to produce children together. So in heaven, none of those things will be needed. The man won't need her as his helper anymore. She won't need him as protector. They will not be coming together to produce children and populate the earth as the Lord commanded. So marriage is no longer necessary. Also, number two, we'll be closer to everyone there than we are even to our spouse on this earth. Now let's think about it for just a second. It's much like we said about John the Baptist. Our marriage can be wonderful on this earth, just like John was a wonderful man, right? That's what it said. John was a wonderful man, but in heaven, that wonderful relationship apparently pales in comparison with the level of relationship that we will all have with one another. So all of our relationships in heaven will be stronger, better, closer, more meaningful than the best of marriages on this earth. So again, though we struggle with that, we should not see that as a takeaway from, we should see that as an addition. Your relationship with your spouse will be the best it's ever been in heaven, but you will also have an amazing relationship with others in heaven. Shannon's dad once gave me a book and he wrote in that book, he said, Robbie, you are more than a son to me. Wow, that's about the nicest thing anybody's ever said to me. You are more than a son. I'm not even sure what that means, but I think that statement shows us, listen, that in the Lord, we can go beyond our earthly relationships, right? We can go beyond our natural relationship. Even some of you would say, I mean, we need to be thoughtful and careful about this, not to hurt our family's feelings, but if some of you were pressed, you would say, I'm really closer to my church family than I am to my biological family. And so you kind of get that idea that there's some natural things that, that, that could be in this world that may be in the world to come in heaven that we could experience things on an even higher level. Now, having said that, I do think there is the possibility, number three, that we could still have a special relationship with certain people in heaven. There's a sense in which we will all be perfectly related in heaven. We've talked about that. There's a sense in which all relationships will be better on this earth than the best of marriages. But I don't think, I don't know this for sure, but I don't think that, does, that rules out the possibility that we could still have, quote, special relationships with other people. I mean, if you think about Jesus, we just talked about the Mount of Transfiguration, We talked about one of the most special things that ever happened while he was here on this earth. Did you notice? He took who? Peter, James, and John. And many times we see that. Jesus kind of had what Bible teachers call an inner circle. Now, careful about that because the Bible warns about partiality or, you know, treating people differently in some sense. But the reality is we do have a different relationship with different people in our lives now And it is possible that in the age to come, that could continue. I suspect and I hope that there is something about the specialness that Shannon and I have that in some way would carry over into eternity. Amen? I don't know for sure, but I suspect that. Now, we don't want to take that too far because what about people with multiple spouses? What about people who've gotten divorced? Or what about people who've been widowed and remarried? But still, 
it's hard to imagine that those who've had special relationships in this life couldn't still have some sort of special relationship in the life to come. For sure we think about that way about our kids, wouldn't we? I mean, surely my kids are not just going to be any old Joe, and my, I wouldn't think my spouse would be any old Joe, right? I mean, you would think there would be something that God, He gave us something special here. Like we said, He doesn't take away from, what does He do? He adds, right? Speaking of kids, what about children? Well, if we're talking about children, that probably means that we're thinking of someone who died earlier in this life as a child. That could be miscarriage, who many, many people in this room have experienced. That could be abortion, many people in this room have experienced. That could be an accident, that could be a fatal illness. Because so many people have questions about this, I want to spend a little bit of time on this, talking about the children, talking about, listen friends, your children. Write this down, the first thing is this, children are special to God. As I shared with you earlier, I've been reading through the book of Matthew. And as I was reading through Matthew over the last couple of weeks, it was, it was kind of cool because I kept hearing this emphasis on children. Several times in Matthew 18 and 19, Jesus is saying to us that God and children have something special going on. Let me read you a couple of those verses. Eight, Matthew 18 verses 5 through 6. Jesus says, whoever receives one such child in my name, whoever helps a child in his name receives me. And conversely, whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for him to have a heavy millstone hung around his neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. God takes it very seriously. In a positive way, if we encourage and help the children, God bless you if you have a heart for kids. We all should if we're followers of Jesus. And friend, I'm going to tell you what. If you are harming or discouraging or abusing children in any way or neglecting, God takes that very, very seriously. Matthew 19, verses 13 through 15. Listen to this. Then some children were were brought to him, brought to Jesus, so that he might lay his hands on them and pray and bless them. And the disciples rebuked them. The disciples said, What are y'all doing? Bring out Jesus. He didn't have time for these kids. But Jesus said, Let the children. Alone. Listen, and do not hinder them from coming to me, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Wow. Leave them alone. Do not hinder the kids. Church family, parents, the Bible says that kids will come to God if we don't block them. And we should be encouraging them and helping them to do that. Many parents will tell us, I love to hear this. Man, you know what? We had gotten off track, but the kids kept saying, when are we going back to church? I love that. I love that because I love that we're in an environment that kids want to come to, that they recognize that people love them, that Jesus is here. And I love that because those precious little hearts God is using to speak to their parents. Parents, don't hinder that. Don't say, yeah, yeah, we're going to get back to it. Yeah, yeah, we'll get around to it. You need to take that as God speaking directly to you. We need to get our act together and get these kids in a place where God can speak to them. Children are special to God, but secondly, we must become, listen, we must become like them 
in order to even get into heaven. Matthew 18, going back to where we just read just a few verses before. Jesus said, truly I say to you, unless you, he's speaking to adults, unless you are converted and become like children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. And then he said over there in verse, uh, verse 14 of chapter 19, do not hinder them for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. By the way, I think it's interesting that in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the story of the rich young ruler, an adult, the one who apparently is not very old, follows this teaching about children. And I believe God is saying to us, because that was a young man who rejected God. And I believe God is using that to teach us that children's hearts are so open to God. They, they trust God. They respond to Him. Now listen, we adults, pretty soon, even as young adults, we become jaded, don't we? We become cynical. We become self-sufficient. That's why we as a church need to reach those children while they're young and while their hearts are so open to God. But the point here is that we have to become like them in order to go to heaven. The last thing is this. Children go to heaven when they die. All of what I've just shared with you, as well as what David said about his son who had died in 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 23, tell us that when a child dies, or I believe even this can be applied to someone who's mentally handicapped, they go to be with the Lord. Now, let's don't be fuzzy about salvation. The Bible makes it clear, okay? You tracking with me? Let's don't get off track. Let's don't say Pastor Robbie said. Let's don't misunderstand. The Bible makes it clear we must all make a conscious, personal, individual decision that we are sinners, that we understand what God has offered to us, and that we receive that amazing gift and turn our lives over to God. However, the Bible seems to indicate that children and God have something special. And if a child dies before that child realizes that they're a sinner and need salvation, some call this the age of accountability. Now, I'll be careful about that. People want to, churches want to put an age on that. And many times it's the, it's the age of 12. Okay, the Bible doesn't do that anywhere. The Bible doesn't say at this age a person is responsible before God. By the way, I believe the children know it a lot, a lot sooner than we think. So we need to reach them as soon as possible. We don't need to count on this, but what we're saying is infants, people who are, you know, uh, miscarriages, those children, we can absolutely know that those children have gone to be with the Lord. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't reach the children. Because we don't know that age. It's not an age, it's an understanding. And that could be different for, for everybody, right? For some people, it may be four years old, six years old, eight years old, ten years old, twelve. I don't know. We're not going to say an age. But because this is the time when children's hearts are open, we need to reach them with the good news. Did you know every weekend, while we're in here, somewhere between 60 and 100, fifth grade and under, are in another place in this building learning about Jesus. Did you know that after our Saturday night service, somewhere between sometimes 40, sometimes 50, sometimes as many as 75, 6th through 12th graders are over there learning about Jesus and growing. Isn't that awesome? 
Praise God and may it grow. There is something about a church that has a heart for young people. Amen? Amen. Now, talking about children brings up another question. What will they be like in heaven? How old will they be? Well, as we talked about last week, many Bible teachers believe that we'll probably be about 30 years old. And I won't get into that. Pastor Jeff talked about that a little bit last week. So does that mean, we don't know that for sure, but but I think there's some good reason to maybe believe that. Does that mean that your infant immediately becomes 30 years old? Well, maybe. But some have wondered this. I love this. I love this. We talked about it in our You Asked For It series. What if? I don't know, but, but you know what? God is a God of redemption. God is a God. Listen, parents who've lost children early feel like they're trusting God with it, but you can't help but feel like we lost something. What if? What if your child will be a child in heaven? And what if they're going to become 30, but God's going to let you raise your child in heaven? What if your kid... Now, and I'm not trying to minimize, friend. I have no idea. Dear God, help us. Amen. To minister to one another. But I just want to encourage you. What if God in eternity is going to give you the opportunity? Your child, in a sense, you missed out on this earth. But what if your child got to grow up and, and, and have their childhood in the perfect place called heaven? That sounds like God, doesn't it? I don't know if that's what's going to happen. But that sounds like God, doesn't it? He redeems things, doesn't He? He buys things back. He makes them better. Things that were lost, He overcomes. By the way, someone said that almost two-thirds of all conceptions died in the womb. That's a lot. Many of us have children in heaven that we won't even know about until we get there. Wow. Wow. Won't that be a reward? Amen? Won't that be a blessing? Others have wondered, will God give them the best jobs in heaven? We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the things, that, the responsibilities, the God, blessings that God's going to give us to, to rule and reign with Him. There's a lot of people that missed out on this earth. What if God, the Bible says the first shall be last and the last shall be first. What if the ones who, who missed out in this life, God gives the best jobs in heaven? What if your child that you lost, that you miscarried, even, friend, that you aborted, what if that child in heaven is going to be given a special role by God? Isn't that awesome? Can you imagine how many more people we're going to know, we're going to get to know, we're going to enjoy in heaven that we never knew? Sons, daughters, grandchildren, cousins, uncles and aunts, nephews and nieces. Now, the last thing I want to mention is this. What about the other people in heaven? Well, I want us to dream for just a moment. I want you to think about your parents for just a minute. Are there conversations that you always wanted to have with your parents? Are there puzzle pieces in their life that they never would talk to you about? Are there things that you wish you knew? Are there questions that you wanted to ask? Maybe you should have asked. Maybe you never felt comfortable. Maybe they didn't feel comfortable you asking. Won't that be awesome to talk about in a perfect relationship? What about other relatives? There are many relatives that we have that we don't know as well. Do you regret that? Are you saddened by that? 
that you didn't get a chance to maybe get to know that uncle that was so awesome, that, 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 uh, that grandma who helped start a church somewhere, or there was a missionary, or whatever it might have been. Isn't it awesome to think about? We're not going to miss that. We're not going to miss that. If they go to heaven, if I go to heaven, we're going to get to chat all we want to and hear all the stories that they want to tell. What about other acquaintances in heaven? Are there people that you met for a brief time in your life? And you just think, I wish I'd have had a little more time to get to know that person. What about historical figures? Are there people in this generation that you'll never know, but you'd like to? Are there, are there people in, this, in, in other cultures that you've heard about that you'd like to get to know? Are there people in other generations? Are there people in our culture that live in California right now that you know about, that you admire from a distance, that you'd like to get to know them? Have you ever gone to a nursing home and asked a veteran about the war? That is awesome. If they're able to share, by God's grace, that is awesome to hear. Even the angels. Wouldn't you like to sit down with the angel and say, what was it like when a third of the angels fell and were cast out of heaven with Satan? Wouldn't you like to ask the angels, what was it like on creation? Maybe God will reproduce that for us. Maybe God, maybe we'll go to a big IMAX theater and we'll get to feel it just like we were there as one of those angels. Wouldn't you like to ask that? What was it like at the fall? How will What was that like? Wouldn't it be awesome to find out, to talk to an angel that God had used to protect you in a divine way in your life? What if you found out that on that trip that you took to New York City, you had to go back to pick up your jacket because that angel stuck its finger on your jacket and it didn't go with you. And the reason for that is because you were going to get hit by a car. Wouldn't that bring worship? God, I love you. What if you found out that day that I was so dumb and I didn't go get lockers with the sophomores and I got in line and got got lockers with the freshmen and as a result of that, I got behind a cute girl named Shannon. (laughs) What if I found out that the angel moved that reminder note? Because God was directing my steps. I don't know. I don't want to get weird about it. But, but there's a lot of cool things that we don't see. Wouldn't that be cool? Man, heaven. I want to go there. Amen. I want to go there. And I want to take as many people as I possibly can. Somebody said, heaven will seem more like home than the dearest spot on earth to you right now. What is your favorite place to go? You're getting a taste of heaven. It's even better than that. Somebody else said this. What are we going to do in heaven? He said the simple, stunning answer is you will do everything you were born to do. Wow. That rings true in my heart. There's more for me, amen? I was created. Pastor Jeff talked about flying last week. That's a little freaky, a little weird feeling, isn't it? But you know what? I do sort of feel like I'm too limited. I should be able to go around the room about three times real quick, right? I I shouldn't have to stand here. I shouldn't get wind of doing that. I was made for more. Amen? And we are going there, friends. If you've given your life to Christ, you are going there. It is real. I want to ask us to bow our heads for a moment.
and just worship the Lord for what we're learning about heaven. I shared with you earlier the thoughts that have been going through my mind. I want to go there. I am going there. It's not because you say, Pastor Robbie, that sounds awfully arrogant. Friend, let me be clear. It has nothing to do with me. The Bible says I'm a sinner because sin can't get into heaven. I have no right to get into heaven. But Jesus died on the cross to pay for those sins. And there came a point in my life where I realized that. And I accepted His forgiveness. I accepted His payment. I accepted His resurrection power. And though Robbie Lankford will die one day, I will rise again because of the power of Jesus Christ. And I will be fit for a place that we've been dreaming about together. Many of you know that too. You've got that confidence. You've got that assurance in your heart. We're going to talk about over the next few weeks some of the implications for that. But what if we don't make it till next week? Are you living for God? Are you living as if this world is not my home? Or are you getting pretty comfortable here? Has God wanting to speak to you about that? Is your focus off? Is it on a job? Is it on money? Is it on prestige or position? Or is it on serving God? Growing in Him? Preparing to see Him one day? Is there sin in your life that you know is not pleasing to Him? That grieves the one who's creating this place for you? Would you say, Lord, I'm so sorry. God, I, I feel so ashamed. No, don't do that. That's the enemy. Just come to Him. He loves you. Would you come to Him right now and just say, Jesus, I need you to cleanse me of that. I need that out of my life. That's not what I was made for. And I want to live the purpose that you have for me. Maybe there's a decision you need to make. Maybe God's calling you to take a step of faith, to be baptized. Maybe God's calling you to get involved in His work in some kind of a way, to make a difference so that others can go there. Maybe you're here right now and you say, Pastor Robbie, I want to go there. I do not know how to do that. I do not know for sure that I am. Friend, it's as simple as this. Would you accept His offer? Would you say, God, you could say just with you, in your heart, God, thank you for making it possible for me to go to heaven. And I ask Jesus to come into my life to forgive me of my sins and to be my Savior. I want to be a child of God. And I want to know that I'm going to heaven. God, thank you. If someone prayed that prayer, their eternity started just now. We love you, Lord. We pray that you would continue speaking to our hearts as we study about this place that you've called us to join you one day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.